if you want, I can send you a picture of Noodle if you want to put Noodle instead of me. But that's that's entirely up to him. Where's your who's, cat? Who's Do you want me to? <sighs> yeah, bring your cat. Give me one sec. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to pick her up on the blanket because she was asleep. There you go. Uh. Can't look at the camera, Noodle. <laughs> there you go. There's a cat. She's not a happy cat. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Hamish, and I'm the other host, Aaron. And today we're joined by a Comstar friend that we met in the fourth year, or the Masters. His name is Marcus. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Marcus, and I met Hamish and Aaron in fourth year Comstar. Hey. <laughs> you remember how you met in fourth year? Or is that... I think you were just sat in your usual computing <laughs> spot, and if I vaguely remember, you asked me for help, or I asked you for help once, and then that Ooh. was it from that point on. Maybe it was just like we were speaking out loud. And then we found out we were doing something the same thing. I try not to ask for people for help, especially earlier. Yeah, if anything, it was probably more me just talking to someone next to me and you overheard and you were like, oh, they're doing whoa, the whoa, same whoa. assignment we're doing. <laughs> oh, Hamish being nosy here. Yeah, yeah Hamish being nosy. Um, <laughs> I would have had music in. I don't know how I'm getting dragged yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I genuinely, because I, w- I would say that we, we talked a little bit, but I would say we didn't become proper acquaintances until we sat together and watched the KSI Logan Paul fight. Oh yeah, because we, we did that. We did that together. Was I there? I don't know if you were there. It would have been in the. I think Katie may have been there. But basically, when the fights was happening, the boxing fights. Yeah, I, I just had it on the DCS computer because I paid mm. for the you know the pay per view event, the six pound or whatever it was. And I was just watching it, and obviously, since I was watching it in DCS, everyone else was like, "Oh shit, let me watch, watch it as well." There was no audio for them. I thought you watched that at my place, maybe. No, that was Joella. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. I think we watched. The football World Cup as well in DCS. Yes, we pro. I think we probably did. That we. I remember watching the Royal Wedding there as well. Yeah. Yeah, so, so many events. It was a lot. Yeah. You know the one of the like things that I think we may have become like proper friends was because we were you had the common mindset of starting super early on all that thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't know if you did the same thing as me where you pick five modules in term one because you knew what was coming in the other terms. So, I did seventy five credits in term one. I think I vaguely did. I don't know if I did it on purpose, though. There's a good chance I may have just done it on accident. We were just doing a clusterfuck. So we had 180 credits because we were doing Masters mm. of Comsci. For people who don't know. And we did 75 credits of that module in term one, provided we executed it properly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think we did. <laughs> I think we did. Well, yeah. I think it was more the fact as well, when we came to do revision, I, was, I just had this thing where I would always try and wake up at eight then I would walk to DCS via Greg's, pick up a Greg's <laughs> hot chocolate and sausage sandwich on the way. Uh, and then I would, I would arrive probably around nine and Hamish was either there or about to show up. Yeah. And we yeah. were like the only two people sometimes. Especially on Sundays, because on Sundays, like no one would come in until mm. like, you know, 11. I was going to say it was the agent-based systems course, but we had yeah. our bidding robots here. And- we, we tried super hard with that. <laughs> We created nearly like every like bot in the example that he had given. We had even our own versions of bots, and then sometimes we just got baffled because we got beat by a default bot. You know, so like it was it was more <laughs> the fact that so we we came up with really complicated systems of the bots trying to bid, and then Sam came along, another computer science person, and he just made it so that the bot bid I think twenty percent more than the asking price, <laughs> and it won. And it beat our really complicated bots, and I was really annoyed by it. And that's what he submitted. 
Yeah, the thing as well, I remember, yeah, we had, you know, we dragged in that whiteboard and then we made like a table of all these bots. So we, half of them were our bots and then we had some people because people obviously would have wanted our code to test against. But we were like, nah, because we've done this from earlier. You started yeah. like last week. Yeah. If you want to join, send the code over to Marco Computer Online. Yeah, yeah. We'll put you in the arena. If your bot survives, you'll see the statistics here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if not, then you can fuck off because we're not giving out our code after we spent yeah. weeks trying to do this. Yeah, we did. It was it was actually really interesting because we did have a it was it was quite a big table because we had Chris who was another concern, and then we had random people coming in, and I think a few people got annoyed with the fact that they put their bots in and it, they came <laughs> up quite low. <laughs> yeah, and they were just like, "Well then." My favorite part was I think the the last one. If you win the bid, you pay the second highest price. Yeah. And the flipping maximum bid bot. So the bot that bid all of its budget every single round just kept doing so well. And me and you were just like, all right, we need to we need to rejig a few things. Yeah. That was fun. That was like one of my most fun memories of mm-hmm. that. The exam was awful though. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> did I tell you, speaking of agent based systems, did I tell you about what, what Paolo, the lecturer, did after the exam? No. So he, so I was obviously revising for one of the exams afterwards, because that wasn't our last one. And I was I was sat there revising. Paolo, the lecturer, comes in and he's just like, oh, Marcus, what did you get in the coursework? And I was like, oh, I got like 96%, because obviously me and Hamish were super tryhards. Um, I was like, I got 96%. And he was like, he just he did some math and he said, he's like, right, okay, you've passed. And I was like, what? He was like, well, you didn't do that. You didn't do that well in the exam, but you still should get like a just a first on the oh. exam. Like, and I, that means I got like 50 something in the exam. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah I was surprised <laughs> at that end of that exam. Mm-hmm. We were just sat there like, you know, actually one of the previous episodes we spoke about where you mix and match questions. Yeah. So those, mm-hmm. those are the worst exams where they combine topics in a, in one question. Yeah. Instead of doing one topic per question. That was one of those exams. And it was a ropey one. It was a ropey one. I won't lie. I liked Paolo. I think, I think he was a good guy. Yeah. Cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the fact that he was like concerned that I wouldn't get a first in, the, in his module, like he genuinely seemed concerned. So yeah. And his name's Paolo, which just means yeah. it's cool. Anyway, <laughs> you know he always is good in fantasy Premier League as well, and like he's usually one really good person in fantasy Premier League. Well, uh, surely he has bots to do it for him. That's that's yeah, why yeah, I thought like maybe. he has some predictor sitting on the side. Oh man! Also, I, I realized that your name is like Marcus Rashford and Mason Greenwood like together. Yeah. It's kind of like the funny thing is right. So you joke about this, but when I'm in playing games online. Yeah, because my gamer tag has Greenwood in it, and they genuinely like joke about the footballer, and I was just <laughs> like, "What? Greenwood's what are these like actually... people that think you're?" No, well, they they jokingly say it. Like literally, okay. one game it was just after Man United were playing, and the guy was like, "Oh, you got back from Old Trafford quick," and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Like, do you think you're being funny?" <laughs> no, ge- no, genuinely, yeah, like you know, the other week I was like thinking, wait, is is it Mason Greenwood or Marcus Greenwood? It could have been like, as in like the actual football. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, maybe yeah. it is Marcus Greenwood. I'm like, nah. you've got the same name. That would be so sick. Nah, I've just got two footballers' names merged together. Yeah, but, but it's like funny how it's like two like quite similar. Yeah, players yeah. the same club, same nationality, and everything. Also, I was gonna say one more thing before um, from uni memories. Marcus like also joined in on the plan because he also had a course. So he made our trips a lot more convenient. So me and Baxter used to do McDonald's Sundays to put up with uni. He just joined in and then he was just part of the McDonald's Sunday uh, yeah, McDonald's <laughs> for the Sunday. remaining weeks. Yeah, yeah however yeah. long that was. The second you found out I had a car, that's that's probably <laughs> when we became actual friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we didn't always ask. Like we would still Uber it like here and there. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I remember you Ubering in it. I was just like, why would you do that? Because this was before they did yeah, Uber Eats. He had peas. He had peas. No, no, Baxo didn't want to walk it. So we had to split the flipping Uber fare. 
Mm. Which was a li- the lead of a good argument. Which, well, he was convinced he won until everyone finally voted against him and proved me right. Yeah. And I was like, there you go, guys. Thank you. Do you remember when we were doing databases coursework? I think it was on a deadline and then we went to get takeaway from KFC, McDonald's or whatever. The, the time where I pranked Vaxxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot where it was exactly. I know what happened. Okay, so we went to McDonald's. Obviously, we said that it may not be open for some reason. It was like a bank holiday or something. Mm. And Baxo stayed in DCS. Yeah. In this scenario. But there was KFC. People wanted to go between KFC and, you know, McDonald's. So what we did was, obviously, I went McDonald's. I've got me and him the McDonald's that we're going to get. Someone else went KFC. Then we all regrouped at the car. We all sat down. But when we were on the way, and we're just arriving in the car park to DCS, I called back to like, yo, back to uh, McDonald's was closed. So I, I knew that he doesn't like KFC. And I, I knew every single way to break it down. So I did was, yo, yes, yeah, so I just got you um the chicken poppers from KFC. Yeah. So this is this was part one, yeah. And he's like, what? Like you could hear it, like I think in the back, yeah, you could hear it on the phone. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, like yeah, um, because obviously you wanted chicken nuggets, so I just got the chicken poppers, the equivalent, yeah. And he was like, bro, why did you do that? He was starting to get more and more annoyed. I'm like, yeah, I also got you Pepsi instead of Coke because they don't have Coke. And then he, <laughs> and I think that was the last straw. So in the two minute walk back to the computer, or DCS is Department of Computer Science for those who don't know. In the two-minute walk back from the car park to DCS, you can see through the window, Baxter's there on the phone, yeah, all red, yeah, like he's proper fuming. Yeah, he's in the phone to his girlfriend, yeah, so he's walking and he's complaining to his girlfriend about it. <laughs> and, and I'm like dying there as, as I walk in, yeah, because I told these guys to go in first with the KFC, yeah, mm-hmm. and so they went in first, so Baxter actually thought I had KFC, and then I, I put the McDonald's back. He didn't realize for a few seconds, and he's still mad at me. He's like, why would you get me a KFC when I told him, like, looked at the bag, bro. <laughs> Then he like, you know, like smiled, he laughed. He's like, bro, that prank. I'll never forget the look on his face. Do you know those stories that you think are really funny and then you retell them and it's like, okay. We're, we're going we're gonna to edit it up and add sound effects so it sounds funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I know back so, so I, I know, I know that, yeah, it would be funny. No, it was more there. funny that he called his girlfriend to tell. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know back so had a girlfriend, to be honest. Yeah, big up back so, big up back so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put some respect on my boy's name. Yeah. If you run back a bit, this isn't, I don't think this is on the plan actually, but like, what did you do before Warwick? So I, born in Burnley, was raised in Burnley, did high school and college, nothing really particularly interesting. But yeah, the probably the most interesting thing about me before university was that I took part in a robot building competition. So sort of like a more educational robot wars. <laughs> So there's actually a video on YouTube of our team doing it. We got to the finals, actually. He showed me this video. Yeah, I showed. It's it's one of my like proudest moments. What what can people like? What do we search if you want? If to find you search it? for international robot competition, like 2014 final or something, it will appear as basically what it is. Is just sort of like the most. If you were to try to imagine the most slapped together robots <laughs> they like it's like plywood and like sheets of metal and like a bit of circuitry on there and all they're doing is they're picking up like a, a cardboard box rotating them around and moving them and one of the one of the funnier stories in that happened in that competition because we, we just couldn't believe we were doing so well we, we got we got really lucky but one of the favorites to win were this german team that had custom built circuit boards so everyone was given standard motor boards and an Arduino and yeah. uh, no, sorry, a Beagle board because it had a display on it. And the German team decided that that didn't have enough power. So they custom made new motor boards to run their more powerful motors. 
Now, which meant that their robot was faster. Now, during the quarterfinals, so we, we were really happy that we got into the quarterfinals. Their robot decided to come into our area and our robot was a big chunky, a chunky boy that was just really <laughs> thick plywood. Like it was just a sheet of plywood with everything strapped onto it. And they basically both just ran into each other. And our one didn't take a single hit and it was fine. Their robot broke an axle. <laughs> so it just started spinning in a circle. <laughs> and they got really mad because they oh. got kicked out and we survived because our robot was able to finish doing the task. And I've never had a group of angry German college students ever shout at me like they did. Because, <laughs> like, they were just furious because they were trying to, like, show that that was, a, that was, like, it wasn't fair if that made sense. But, like, it was a head-on collision. It's not like our robot maliciously drove into them. But anyway. AJ-based systems even before Warwick. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, other than that, I had a pretty boring life in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> so what uni did you go to before Warwick? Oh, I was still at Warwick. So I did three years at Warwick. Oh, doing three years at Warwick doing maths. Okay. I feel like I knew that and I've just blanked. Yeah, I was like, I swear you knew that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? why did you, I don't know if Hamish mentioned it beforehand because he didn't want to ask it, but like the comp site, the maths to comp site switch. Yeah, so this is a bit of a, a semi-long story, which I suppose is good for the podcast. But as like Hamish says, it's useful to sometimes play the system and sometimes put, five modules in first term and three modules in second trying to make the quota. So then it's obviously easier to do revision. Now, what happened with me was I was planning on doing four years, so an integrated master's for mathematics. And in second year, they say that if you don't get above 65%, you can't carry on to this. So you'll, you'll be knocked down to doing a three years. I got 64%. So I got put in a special category of people that said, they, they instead, so instead of kicking me down or letting me continue, they sent me an email and they asked, you got 64%, you're on the border. Do you think you can continue? And I was like, I think I can. I just had one bad exam, I think. Um, I think I can't remember what exam it was because it was so long ago. But I think I just had one bad exam that just brought me down. So I was like, right, okay, I'll continue. And then in third year, obviously all the people that were just doing three years maths played the system. And they took really nice modules that weren't that difficult. When I say nice modules, it was, it was funnily enough, the ones that required more coursework than exams. So a few of the mathematicians did computer science-based ones, but there was other ones like stats-based ones and stuff like that. And as long as you did, I love physics ones as well, they were, they were known to be reasonably nice compared to some of the maths ones that I did. But yeah, so the maths, so as long as you had like 90 maths credits, you, you could get your degree, that was fine. But obviously, I had to do a different thing. Because I was planning on doing a fourth year, I had to try and pick modules that would allow me to do modules in fourth year. Because you need to have, it's like prerequisites. So I needed to pick, so say there was, a, there was one called differential equations, right? Mm -hmm. And that required something called manifolds. So I, we, we took manifolds. Manifolds, I got, I think it was 30% in the exam because it was an absolute awful exam and it was an absolute awfully taught module, to be honest. Shots. <laughs> it's some, well, you, some, you know some lectures are good and some lectures are bad. And I don't think this lecture felt like it to my teachings. Well, my, I needed a certain teaching style and he didn't deliver. So that's, that's a different thing. Now, that was all fine, but there was also a few other ones as well. And I, it basically ended up with me actually getting, I think I got about 52% just in my third year. And they had another barrier 
where if you didn't get above, I think it was, I can't remember. I think it was if you didn't get above 60% in your third year, you couldn't. I got 58% overall. So they were just like, oh, we can't let you on. And they told me this during like when I was getting my exam results. So I walked into my thing and my guy, my yeah supervisor yeah. was like, oh, I've got bad news. I'm sorry, but you, you haven't done well enough this year. Uh, so you're going to have to graduate after three years. And, he, and it was like graduation was in like three weeks as well. So we had to, we had to like, so everyone had already booked all their things. So we actually had to, we needed, so me, it was me and another person called Sam actually had this problem. We had to do like fast pass everything. So we got like given special instructions because there's like a specific group, or sorry, a specific protocol for these sort of things to happen. So we, yeah, so we, we had to do all this and we filled it all out and we got out, we got out. I remember calling my parents and I was, I was jokingly saying, oh, you better have July the whatever off because I'm graduating. My mum was like, what? Because I obviously wanted to break the bad news to them, but I didn't want to just like try to make it funny. But anyway, yeah, so that was like a really sort of <laughs> dark time for me because I didn't know what I was going to do because I was planning on doing four mm. years and I've been kicked down to three. And funnily enough, the week earlier than that, a man called Alex Ingram, who I believe has been on this podcast Oi, before. Oi, shout out Alex. My yeah, shout out Alex. Uh, had mentioned... And I can't remember why, but he had mentioned that you actually only needed a 2-2 in mathematics at Warwick to do a master's in computer science at Warwick. Exactly. That was me. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was what they, they've actually bumped up the requirements last year to 2-2-1. Two, two, but that was what you needed. And it, it quickly just like flashed in my mind. I was like, well, I obviously did a bit of computer science at Warwick uh, in the sort of maths one. I actually did a bit of sort of programming with Python when it came to doing the robot stuff. And I really enjoyed it all. So I was like, well, how hard can computer science be? <laughs> and I obviously applied. And I was emailing Adam Chester to make sure like everything was going to, Adam Chester being the head of postgraduate studies at work for computer science. Obviously it all went through and it all did it. And obviously I did the year and that's how I met Hamish. And obviously you are because you showed up occasionally as well. Yeah, I was going to say my requirements were two one from CompSci, but I think they let me in because I was a previous CompSci student, and I wrote yeah. you know those four thousand characters you write. Yeah, I, must have, I don't know what I wrote in it, but it must have been enough to let them just let me back. Yeah, I think Adam Chester when I emailed him asking, "Is it too late to apply?" He said, "He said, oh, just send me over your transcript." I sent it over, and he said, "Yeah, if you just put anything, we'll let you in," which is quite <laughs> nice. Um, I think he said it in. A, I think he said it in a few more words that didn't seem like as risky, but. Yeah, I, I think I wrote three sentences exactly. Mm. I think I. But was you like, just said like four thousand words. Yeah, but I didn't write for the four thousand. Four thousand words. It, yeah, like. Yeah. But they you had just two... chose to write three sentences. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote like uh, I like DCS. DCS is basically my home. I would love to come back for another year. <laughs> really? I'm gonna have to find where I wrote it because I actually I have it saved somewhere. I will try and find it for you, Aaron. Yeah. And I swear down, I did not write four thousand characters because I wrote basically I wrote, I wrote something along the lines of you know Warwick is like my home or something. Oh. Were you were you just planning on doing three years and then wanted to go up to a fourth year? Okay, so a long time ago, young Hamish wanted to do that, but then <laughs> at Warwick, I discovered you could do the MEng, yeah, so the yeah, integrated masters like yourself. So I did obviously apply for the MEng, like yourself. At the end of second year, I didn't do too well. Even my third year obviously wasn't going to save me, so I was on the BSc as a result. But I tried to do an inter integrated year as well, but that didn't work out. So I ended up graduating with a bachelor's to do, and then mm. I had applied for the masters and. Yeah, I ended up getting a scholarship as well, so it made my life a lot easier to come back. And then I came back. I, it's interesting that they didn't let you switch up to an integrated master's. No, no. I, I was on the MNG reg. They moved me down because I got a 2-2 at the end of second year. 
Oh yeah, so that's so what same I same as you basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was on the other the the, the slight edge up. Yeah. It's like me and me and Anna have had a lot of discussion about this because Anna was on the Athena Swan committee, which is mathematics. It's a committee to sort of help girls get into maths a bit more. It focuses on sort of like stuff like that. One of the things they were saying was the fact that the the fact that Warwick has the same entry requirements for going on to the three years as it does the fourth years seems really not really silly but it, it seems it makes it look like three years just isn't sorry the four years is just as good as three so it, they they're worried that she was saying that it might put off people and they should right. do a better system of you just get put on the third year and then you get asked to go up to the fourth year if you're doing well enough oh no i thought i thought that wasn't the mn higher than the bsc not not no no so the m math is oh, okay, the same math, okay. as the bsc i don't know about i don't know about computer okay. science it might be it might be slightly more yeah. But because obviously maths, Warwick, that you needed step, which was an external thing that Cambridge run, which I don't think you need anymore. Actually, I think they got rid of it. Well, not got rid of it, but I don't think you need it anymore. So was Alex Ingram kind of the first time him mentioning it? Was that kind of the first time you're like contemplated doing computer science? Yeah. Did yeah. you ever think about doing it as like the original degree or anything well, like that? I didn't realize what computer science was until college. So obviously I'd done IT in high school. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. loves to make a web page in HTML. And I'd mm-hmm. done a bit of Python in college, but two of the people that were in the computer the robot team were doing computer science A-level. So I got exposed to it a little bit then. Yeah. But I thought computer science was just like this magical land where <laughs> computers magically start making sense and I would never really understand it because I was just sort of into maths and sciences, well, like physics and chemistry and biology. And like computers didn't really make sense to me. And I vaguely knew that like what a CPU was and a motherboard and like the hardware components. But like sometimes people were talking about like buses and threads <laughs> and I was like, what the hell are all these words that they're throwing at me? But yeah, so I, I, I never even had really the inclination to do computer science. Like I originally, I was actually wanting to be an astrophysicist. Oh, man. And I switched, I put maths as my first choice and then astrophysics as my second choice on my, what's it called? Kind of Ofcom, Ofcom. UCAS. Ofsted? UCAS, that's what it's called. The UCAS form. And that's what, that's what basically I did. And obviously I got high enough grace to do math, so I never thought about it again. Yeah. That first module must have been piss easy because like, it was a split of like comp sci, maths and something else. And I remember like the Adam Chester module. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were, we were sitting there chilling and I could see like, you know, the other master students, like they were having a bit more of a tough time. I'm not going to lie. I didn't attend any of the maths based ones. So like it was split into three, like you say. So it was, yeah, yeah. It was learning. Oh, I attended the first weeks. two lectures, bro. After first two uh, lectures, yeah. I'm not there. It was, it was three weeks of learning <laughs> Python. Then it was three weeks of learning sort of maths based things. And then it was three weeks of learning algorithms. I oh, think. that's oh, was it. it, that was, th- it could so have yeah, been it, that. Was, it was split like that. And then the maths one, I just didn't attend because it was, it was actually just, it was a level maths if that makes sense, because it was, it was just simple. I, th- I don't know if they actually went into sort of differentiation and stuff like that, but they, they definitely went into, it was stuff that I'd obviously already heard. And then when I looked at the, the coursework, I was like, yeah, this is... This is Aaron, like- it was basically our first year maths module, but a very mm. easy version of it. And yeah, I, didn't, I also didn't go because they put us in a, you know, the upstairs comp side room can only fit like 90 people. We had like 130 people in the fucking course and 
they tried to fit us all into that lecture room for a core module, yeah. So I just didn't bother going again. I was like, I'm not sitting on the side or standing up the entire hour. I like actually that. know the exact number of people that attended. It was actually 88. Oh, mad. How do you know that? Adam Chester told me, because there was an interesting story about that as well. So when, so obviously I had Adam Chester as my dissertation supervisor. Obviously we would talk a lot because I love, I loved Adam, Adam Chester, big AC we called him. Um, but yeah, so he... <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> Wait, big AC? Wait, you should just take my initials then. <laughs> Aaron's uh, little AC. <laughs> little nah, AC, I'm, yeah. I'm not being little AC. Did he, did he ever, did he ever beat you in squash? Yeah, he came and smoked. He no, no, he came and smoked us at squash. You should have used a faster ball. That's what he told me. Because again, like we talk, but anyway, he bought us Dominoes once whilst we were revising. Actually, that was pretty big of him. That was my one of my favorite moments oh. in DCS. He just bought. He just we were all revising hard, and he just brought us. I think we were revising for security, and he just bought us Dominoes one night because everyone oh, was wait. like the, in like everyone in like the common room. It was everyone in the DCS common room. Yeah, I think I was there actually. Oh, were you there? Do you remember the pizza? <laughs> and like. I genuinely went, so like we had like, he bought a lot, right? And I went into the other computer room, which was just computers rather than a bit of the common room. And I said to everyone, I was like, oh, Adam Chester's bought the fourth year's pizza. And I could see the fourth year's, like the ones that were doing our course. And they just looked at me like with disgust. And I was like, <laughs> what? And none of them got up. And I was like, it's... Did I, was I there this day? I think you weren't. I think you had gone home what? already because it was like really late. It was like oh, at yeah. seven. Oh no, that's dinner time. Yeah, I would have been home at dinner time mm, and come back after. We, I think, me and Elvis were talking about getting takeout, and then like Adam Chester just rocked up with pizza. It was like anyway, I can't remember what the original. I think we were talking about. Oh yeah, so there was eighty-eight people doing our gear, <laughs> and Adam Chester was telling me this because they normally only let I think roughly ninety in, like you, like they say, because that's the capacity of the room. But they always sort of expect a few people not to show up due to visa issues or other such issues. Like oh, I thought you were going to say they, they just don't like turning up to lectures. I was like, oh, fuck. Nah, nah. <laughs> so they knew. Yeah. <laughs> he was just exposed. Yeah. But I knew there was 88 people that got accepted. Oh, Cool. Awesome. What did you do after uni? Did you go follow the computer science? So, yes, yeah, so I, I went into software development. So I got a job offer not dependent on my degree. Because they they only really cared about the fact that I'd done three years in maths, but I now work for uh, a company called Autodesk Software Development or Application Autodesk. Development. Yeah, it's like graphic. Well, they have like a graphics application and stuff like that, right? Yeah, they make software that makes things. Is their yeah, official yeah. tagline? Uh, so yeah, they they have Maya. So that's one of the big graphics ones for gaming. If you start up, I think Rocket League. If you start Rocket League, Autodesk Gate Scale Form, I think shows up as one of the things. <laughs> um, there's quite a few. But so we work with uh, what the manufacturing aspect. So we work with a product called Future Three Sixty. Okay, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, which is trying to sort of storm the world when it comes to manufacturing, but it's sort of lightweight stuff. A few of you went Autodesk, didn't you? I remember a few people. Yes, uh, mm. Michael and Bella also went as well. They're still there as well. I regularly have conversations with Michael. <laughs> oh, so where, so where is uh, Autodesk based? Birmingham. So the office we work is in Birmingham. Right. Not, not a very nice area. Was that a factor for you at all? It was a little bit because obviously we live, Anna was doing a PhD at Warwick still. Mm-hmm. Anna being my fiance, people on the podcast. Um, <laughs> hey. Anyone listening. <laughs> but, Congrats, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so that she was doing a sort of a PhD that I wore it. So we looked for a house in Coventry, Kenilworth. And we found one in Kenilworth. 
to a job nearby was quite useful. So I was a, it was about a 40 minute drive, which is fine, but it was actually sort of like just along the A45. So it was actually really easy to drive to and from. Yeah. And the career in software development, is that something that you kind of enjoy now? Yeah. Since it's yeah. kind of a career, not exactly what you were planning, I guess, at the beginning of uni. Well, I don't, the problem is when I, when I look back at the start of uni, I had no idea what I was going to do when I left. Right. Yeah. Because maths is a bit of a weird one. Like most people end up going into finance anyway. Mm. I probably would have ended up just going into finance if I could get a job somewhere. Oh, I was going to ask, why didn't you go into finance? <laughs> to be honest, I never actually applied for any finance job, which is when I think about it, it was odd because I probably should have done. But I think most of the finance places were in London. There was very few in Birmingham. Yeah, awesome. So we've got two options here. We can kind of stick on the same theme. I see like PC hardware and gaming there. Or you did mention, hey, you've got a fiancé now. We could go yes. to wedding planning. We don't have to. We can talk about anything if you want. To be honest, I'm quite, I'm quite interested in the wedding planning, to be honest. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> obviously but this... Not that I've got plans, like immediate plans <laughs> or anything, but... So, well, I think it's, it's, it's more relevant now because of the fact that, like, our wedding got completely disrupted by COVID, as you can imagine, because we were planning on being married August 23rd last year. August 21st, sorry, last year. Uh, we had to move it to mm. July 21st this year. And we were, it was actually pretty, so we, we, we got engaged on Christmas Eve unofficially, as in like, I hadn't actually proposed. We just kind of had sort of an agreement that we wanted to get married <laughs> because <laughs> like, that's what millennials do. How did that conversation like go down? Well, we both, this is, it depends who you ask. So I remain adamant that we agreed to it when we were driving back from Morrison. So this sort of rules, this brings into the sort of thing of, because Anna's obviously in America right now doing a PhD. Uh, she's now doing it in America. And when we were in the initial discussions of that, because she only started last September, one of the initial things was, obviously I was going to plan on move to America. And would it be easier if we got married and so, well, like I say green card wedding, but it isn't a green card wedding because she's yeah, an American yeah. citizen. But there's a lot of visas in America that have a one at the end of them. And the ones that have the two at the end of them are the ones for the, fian the, the husband. So if you get an F1 visa for Anna, I can get an F2 visa. If she gets a J1, I can get a J2, L1, L2. That's, all, that's just how the system works. So we kind of jokingly said, like, this was like months before we actually got properly one. <laughs> Would it be easier if we just got like married for the, for the system? So wait, is this on Christmas Eve or is this months No, this before? is before then. Okay. So this was before then. So would it be easier if we got married just as a sort of like, because obviously we kind of, I was actually planning on proposing around April anyway, because that was going to be our five year anniversary. Anyway, like I had, I had plans in the works, but so like it just sort of happened. And then one of the reasons why I didn't want to just have sort of this green card wedding was because of the fact that it would have felt wrong, if that makes sense. And I thought that my family wouldn't like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and people wouldn't like that. But then, December 22nd, roughly, my mum just randomly says to me, she goes, oh, by the way, Marcus, you know, like, if you get married, it can be easier to emigrate to America with Anna. And I was like, Oh, so like you guys would be like, okay, if we did that. And she was like, yeah, yeah, we'd be fine. Some of our friends did that at one point. And I was like, what? You see that? Yeah, that's, that's exactly, they only listen to their friends. They don't, they don't actually take into the, 
the rationale behind your thinking in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as so, it gets the validation, yeah, you're good yeah, to go. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, so then obviously I then drove down because I was in Burnley at the time with family. So I drove down because we were spending Christmas at Anna's mum's for that Christmas. So I drove down on December 24th and I went to pick up Anna from her house because Anna was like, oh, we need to do some last minute Christmas shopping. So we quickly drove to Morrison's down the road. And then on the way back, I was telling her about the fact that like, Oh, by the way, my mum actually, my mum and dad wouldn't actually be annoyed if we got like sort of green card married or whatever. And then Anna was just like, oh, and then so Anna got like, so Anna obviously says that we have a, we had a different conversation. There was something else that happened. I probably believe her. Yeah, you can do. But I, I, <laughs> I'm adamant to this day that we kind of just agreed to it on thing. And then that night we hadn't told anyone and Anna literally was on her laptop in bed looking at wedding venues and starting planning the wedding. Um, and she loved like keeping the secret from her mum because she didn't want to tell her mum. And sadly, my granddad passed away due to like a stroke on, I think it was Boxing Day or the 27th of December. So we hadn't told anyone then. And we were worried that if we were to tell people, it would start to take away the fact that the funeral mm. was coming up. So we kind of like kept it a secret a bit. And obviously we told my parents a bit after. But then I actually proposed, story is I did it, in, I tried to propose in Russian. I messed it up. Um, but that okay, was I'm, I'm guessing she's Russian. Yes, sorry. Okay, yes. okay good. Did you say Kia? Kia? What? Is it, isn't that um, no? Is it? Yeah. No, Niet is no. Oh, Niet. Yeah, shit. Niet. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was uh, taught by my Russian friends. Okay. <laughs> I can't exactly remember what I tried. I know I tried to say, will you marry me? So there's a specific way you ask it. So I asked her mum, actually, because her mum obviously knew it this time as well. And what I'd done is I'd put the wedding ring on Noodle's collar and I went down on one knee and I held up Noodle to Anna and Noodle squirmed oh, away yeah. whilst I was can doing I, it. Can I just clarify for the listeners? Noodle is a cat. Noodle is a cat, yes. <laughs> Noodle is our pet cat. This is like how I imagine Hamish wants to be proposed to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like if imagine. someone presented him with a cat. Yeah, with a yeah. Yeah, so that was, so obviously we had planned the wedding and because Anna was planning on going to America in September, we thought we got to try and get the wedding in before then, because obviously we don't have to come back because this was before we planned the wedding before COVID was even a thing in this country. We actually yeah. had the wedding planned and booked in February. So we were pretty close. And then the lockdown came in end of March, was it? So that's when things started to rile up. I can't remember. March, yeah, April. Yeah, um, it was March 23, roughly. So yeah, okay. so obviously lockdown got lifted roughly the end of July or, or June, something like that, but weddings were still restricted. So we were we were hoping that weddings would get restricted and uh, let get lifted and we could have it in August, but it wasn't. Obviously, it got kept up. And now we then moved it to July and we've got lucky because now restrictions are going to get lifted in June. So we can actually go ahead for once. But yeah, so that's the sort of long story of how the wedding planning went on. Actually planning the wedding was relatively easy to the stress of actually moving the wedding. Is it really expensive? Oh yeah, yes. that's what I wanted to ask. Weddings are okay, try and guess how much our wedding's gonna cost. You don't have to say it like Oh, I'm not bored, I'll tell you. Okay. I think it's was it is it around seventy five K because I know someone that else died. Seventy five thousand? <laughs> what? Someone else that's had like a Christian wedding said that the the entire thing cost seventy five k. No, I'm not that. I, what? How much money do you think? I was I was like we Getting were like in the Vatican, bro. Yeah, we were like students <laughs> when we were planning this. Basically, still. I feel like it also must must depend on like guests, number of guests, and yeah. So it's like about one hundred twenty pound per person for the for the day event. Yeah, so, and we have about sixty people coming. I don't know. Is is it like 
Is it like 20K or something? Uh, it's less than that. It's about 15. 15, okay. Yeah. We can obviously, so now, because we're it's a year later and we have a year more money, like we might spend a little extra on a few yeah. extra things. But yeah. But no, it wasn't that bad. My sister's wedding cost, I think it was like 32. So we're doing better. Yeah. But she literally got married in a castle. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just getting married in like a fancy manor house. Yeah. But yeah. How does the wedding go? Like how does how does your kind of wedding go? Well, I've only been to an Indian one. Oh, uh, yeah. And they go on for five days, is They're it? They're like, like seven-day things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indian weddings. I've heard stories from Janak about Indian weddings, like, really good. Mm-hmm. But no, so like, a, so we're having a civil wedding because we're not really that religious. We did want a humanitarian wedding, but they aren't legal in England at the what moment. What is a humanitarian wedding? Uh, it's basically like, so they, they exist in Scotland. So it is a humanist. So a humanist is a belief or religion. I don't know what it actually classes as, but it's a way of having sort of a non-religious, religious wedding. So there's some weird laws in this country where if you're not having a religious wedding, you can't sing hymns or read Bible verses at all oh, in, during the wedding, which is really weird, but it's just one of the, those rules. I'm assuming it was to stop same-sex couples having sort of church like church well things that look like church weddings not actually be church wedding mm. but scotland has since sort of brought in this humanist thing which is going to be legal in england i think soon they've put the work the bill in for it in government but it won't clear in time our wedding is going to be sort of it starts i think about midday you get you arrive you get a drink you sort of meet me, nice. the groom, and the groom's <laughs> family. We we sort of converse. And then, is that an event? Meet meet the groom. Yeah, meet uh, the groom is literally what it says on the, <laughs> the thing, the schedule. And then about half half twelve and a quarter to one, people move down into sort of the the. It's called the gr- the greenhouse, although it's it's not actually a greenhouse. Green it's just got like a sort of fancy glass room. Um, yeah, you go and sit down. I'm standing at the thing, and then I believe marijuana. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at one o'clock. <laughs> and then at one <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and then at one o'clock, Anna will then walk down the wedding. We get married. I think about two, then you have something called a what's it called? You have canapes and another alcoholic beverage. And then about three o'clock you go down into sort of the area that you sit down to have your wedding breakfast, is what the meal is called. That then everyone gets set down. Uh, sits down. I believe bread is put out then, but then obviously speeches get given, oh, and yeah. then the food gets served, and oh. then the cake gets cut. When you and say then bread, dancing do you mean that starter thing, like the yeah, like fancy bread? Oh, I see, like bread and cheeses. Are you gonna have like a bachelor's party? Well, I'm assuming it's getting planned, but obviously okay. I don't know when I'm gonna be in the country because <laughs> I'm meant to be going to America at some point, but we don't know when. Mm-hmm. Are I there probably... any things that, like you like? Yeah, don't because we've actually had this conversation mm. at like what's allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if so. Like, I feel like strippers aren't that big of a thing in this country, but they might be. I don't know. Be careful what you wish for, Marcus. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I can pass on the message to someone. <laughs> Hamish, Hamish has contacts in that uh, industry, so <laughs> okay then. <laughs> I would be warned. <laughs> but yeah, I, I that, would... that sounds bad. Hold on, that sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> <laughs> it depends not, if it's male not wrong <laughs> Um, no, just Google, man. People forget how easy Google is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you could definitely hire one, but I just don't know if it's a thing in this. Because obviously, all my sort of images are... All of Marcus's friends, can you please go show him a good time? Anna, if you're listening, 
Um, you didn't hear that come from me. Um, <laughs> I'm one of the better influencers in his life, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, because all my all my sort of knowledge of bachelor parties comes from American sitcoms where they always have strippers, and the strippers are always a surprise. Always a surprise stripper, and it's even it's Danny like a surprise, Devito. but it's not a surprise. Yeah, like, yeah. In- but yeah, so it's it's a bit of an interesting one. I would assume that we're not going to do anything like that, and we'd probably just have maybe a poker night. I think would be quite nice. Drink mm. some nice whiskey. Yeah. Have a nice poker night. Maybe maybe some cigars. There's been common debate amongst our friends that if they would let me organize the stag do, Yasha said no because he wouldn't. Currently, I cannot be trusted to not get someone a stripper on the birthday, even though I said I wouldn't do it. <laughs> if they didn't want it but like if Aaron never let me organize his yeah because obviously like again like I say my knowledge of bachelor parties comes from American sitcoms and those sitcoms are like granted they're not PG but like they're like 12 or whatever I don't know what the American rating system is so you don't actually see probably what actually a stripper does so I have no idea what an actual stripper does so again probably Google is your friend you could tell them not to go nude or so as Aaron experienced yeah having oh, gone okay. through the experience myself oh okay <laughs> it's not what, being that. the stripper or... No, 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 no. Hey, little AC. Hamish got me a stripper on my birthday, like two years ago, yeah. It's oh, wow. Cool. And like, that was just my birthday. So no way is he getting the opportunity <laughs> to get one on my... <laughs> on like a stag dude. The thing is, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think I'll make it like, you know, like a nice chain of events. Like, it'll be fun. Like, if he was to look back on it in a video format or whatever happened in the stag dude, I think it'd be really funny, you know? It's one of those ones that, to be honest, I feel like if we were to have... If I was to put like a bet on it, I would say that a, a surprise stripper would probably ruin the bachelor's party more than it would make it because of the fact that if it was like a surprise one. But you would need to be in like a private house, I'm assuming, for have it. Like, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, not sure. Yeah, just be careful what you wish from off because your friends are listening that are probably organizing it. I don't think Janak, Louie, or Sam are going to organize a stripper because I don't think. <laughs> Any of them would be able to want it. Well, first of all, they wouldn't want to deal with it as well. <laughs> but no. Have you had to do that thing where you like, oh, should we invite this person? Like, oh yes. So if you want some stories, I've got a few. But Anna does not like a few of the housemates I lived with. Ooh. I won't name names because I don't want to throw shade. But there are there are a few people that like are in Komsky and maths and all that lot, which yeah. are not allowed to come to the wedding in any form, one way or the other, because Anna just did not get on with them. Fully understandable means. There's a reason why Sorry, I'm not fighting yeah. back. But like, if they were probably listening to this, they'd probably be able to guess yeah. because they've not got an invite to the wedding. <laughs> but, um, when they probably think they might deserve one. But like, I would have invited them if I could. But Anna kind of put a foot down. I was like, fair enough. I can't argue that. There's a completely understandable reason why she doesn't want them there. <laughs> no, that's fair. Because I was go- I was going to be like, is it that deep really? Because it's just not like another body. At like, I assume there's going to be lots of guests, but then when it's at a cost of 120 pounds per head, yeah, yeah. So that was that's for the important. day event. So for the evening event, which is just the party, it's only like a 13 pound per person. So like, I actually said, well, can they come to the evening event? Because obviously there's going to be I think 130 people coming to that. So it's just going to be another face in the crowd, like Amish says. And I think she said mm, maybe, and then I think she kind of just said no at one point. Uh, I get that. Like, if you, if you don't like, them yeah, or whatever, there's no point ruining whatever the day is. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting stuff, though. Are you like excited or like nervous or like is it stressful? Kind of the whole thing. I'm yet to sort out my wedding suit, so <laughs> I probably should. I'm stressing about that a bit because obviously nowhere's open right now, really, to do it. And I, I kind of know what I want, but I'm stressing about that sort of aspect of it. Right. But I'll probably be nervous on the day. I don't think 
I don't think cold feet exists in my vocabulary. So <laughs> I, I'm not worried about that. And I was going to say, are you, are you kind of like, are you, do you consider yourself quite a romantic person? Uh, me, probably not. <laughs> like, I'd say proposing via noodle was the most romantic thing I've ever done. Yeah, I think, I think that was really cute. Um, but that took me a lot of planning to figure out how to do. Like, <laughs> I was thinking about that for a good few weeks. Like, I re- one of my original plans was instead to propose when we were at the top of, like, I think we were going to climb Scarfell Pike or one, something like that, because she's a bit into mountaineering. And I was going to propose at the top of, like, sort of a mountain. But again, that was my plan in April, but but we never got to that. So, but yeah, no, I'm really bad at keeping secrets as well. She always has this like running thing that she's never going to get surprised by me because of the fact that I always ruin the secret. Like always, like <laughs> birthday presents, Christmas presents. I just can't keep secrets when it comes to like that sort of thing. What you should do, just order it a year in advance and then you'll forget about it by the time it actually arrives. And give yeah. Back. Um, well, like, so like for Valentine's Day, I sent her a Valentine's Day card, right? But to get to America, it takes like three weeks. And I did not plan for this properly. So like, it just didn't arrive on Valentine's Day. It arrived like February 21st or something. So like, I had to figure out a nonchalant way because I really tried hard to keep it a secret. But I tried, so I tried like making up some excuses about the fact that like maybe some visa paperwork will have been sent to her address (laughs) for me. So she should check her mailbox. And then it kept on just not arriving and not arriving and not arriving. And then I think I gave up and just told her that like, yeah, there's a card meant to be coming. And she was just like, you just can't keep a secret, can you? And I was like, <laughs> I, was get, I was getting worried about the fact that like they may just not have sent the card. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I get that. So apart from getting married together, you also adopted a cat. We did, yes. So, well, adopt is a strong word. There wasn't really a, a legal, I don't know. I don't, I'm assuming adoption would uh, uh, imply that there's some paperwork involved. But we kind of just got gifted her, <laughs> the cat. So... I think Hamish was actually in DCS at the time when we got a Snapchat <laughs> one day of a friend called Sam, who I've mentioned before, but he obviously did crew signs. And he sent a Snapchat when he was at home and his sister is a vet and someone had brought in a two-day-old kitten that they had found in a dumpster. Because obviously they've talked it to the vet because that's what people do. There's probably a good chance that it was just a stray cat had had a litter in the dumpster and had just left one behind thinking that she wasn't going to make it or like the person got near and the stray cat ran off. Who knows? Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's two day old kitten and they took her into the vet and not going to lie. The, the Sam's sister didn't think she was going to make it. And after, I think it's like the first few days, cause obviously they're bottle feeding her and they're trying to keep her warm and stuff. Uh, cause obviously they expect like a mother's warmth and stuff. But yeah, so Sam sent this Snapchat and me and Anna obviously had a house that we were going to be renting uh, that allowed pets. And we were like, because we always thought we'd want to get a cat at one point. And we were like, this cat's adorable. We kind of want to. And Sam was saying that like, they don't know what they're going to do once the cat's grown up because they can't have it because they have a dog uh, and they don't want a cat. They're not really cat people and they're just going to temporarily look after her. So me and Anna kind of just agreed that we'd take her and... When she was about 11 weeks old, they brought her down from Sheffield to Kenilworth and we've had her ever since. And I have some very cute photos of a very small, she's actually a bit stripy, stripy furred noodle. She's a completely black cat now. She was a stripy cat when she was younger. Yeah, it's a good thing you did that as well because black cats usually get left behind or yeah, well, or basically get put down. Because I would like to believe that she wasn't just thrown in the dumpster by a human and it was just a stray cat that left her in there because obviously like stray cats exist. Yeah. So they can lose their stripes. Uh, well, I think it's up. more 
when I say stripes, I, I, I can show you a picture afterwards, but it, it was like black and then like slightly less black stripes. Like in the sunlight, you could see that there were stripes. Right. But I don't know whether or not that's just, is that just the thing that kittens have to help them blend into the background possibly? Or maybe the dad cat or the mum cat had a stripes with them and like one was a black and the black genes dominant, like in hair. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too certain on cat genetics, to be honest. <laughs> I thought when you have, like, you get a pet, there is always, I didn't know you can just get a pet. I thought there had to be, like, paperwork and stuff. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, if you went to a cat adoption shelter, then, yeah, there'd be paperwork. But if you're not worried about knowing the breed of the animal or keeping a record of the breed of the animal, then why would it matter? How do you go to the vet, then? What do you mean? We still, you can still take it to the vet. It's not legal to take a cat to the vet. Oh, so you don't need paperwork for that? No, no, no. That's what I mean. So, like, my sister adopted a cat, and she obviously had paperwork signed, and she had to pay a £20 fee Mm -hmm. to sign the paperwork to adopt her cat. Mm -hmm. We never had that. So, like, one of the things is, like, even though I joke about it now, basically, to our parents, I want to get, like, four cats here. What? Just be careful. You have four little kittens here. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, obviously, we're waiting for to get the big house and everything before we do that. And so, essentially, now you have to get, like, a cat boss. I'm like, bam. Like, I'll get a cat, yeah, tomorrow if I want. Yeah, do not fucking test me on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do not threaten me to not get a cat because of all the paperwork and stuff. I will do it. Um, but now, now that you told me this, uh, this is just if more you, reassurance yeah. that I can do it without half the paperwork. Yeah, you could just probably find a cat on, like, eBay or something like that. <laughs> probably not eBay. eBay. <laughs> but some, like, market share, like Facebook or whatever, they have a marketplace, right? Yeah. Like, there'll be people that just have kittens that the cats had and they don't want to, they might keep, like, one or two, but they'll probably have, like, eight kittens or six kittens or whatever the normal litter of kittens is and they'll just be selling them for like 10 20 quid that's bare sad though you know our friend alex mcpherson yeah he him and his girlfriend so you wouldn't actually know i don't think you'd have met him unless you met him in your prior three years at uni by the way marcus um he actually bought it from a breeder who Mm. they have a little bit rarer species of cat i forgot what the exact name is it's like it's nearly like a tabby cat but it was something specific and they're a bit more expensive so he actually bought the kitten as a literally yeah yeah and they've just grown up with it over lockdown. Well, it was before yeah, lockdown, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I mean. So if you want an actual breed of a cat, you have to pay like a lot of money. Well, yeah. probably a lot. That's but... probably going to happen to me anyways, but I wouldn't be against adopting a black cat in the shelter or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, like any cat that you get adopted from a shelter is probably going to You just have to be careful that it's not like that it wasn't a feral cat because feral cats often have a lot of problems bonding to humans. What's, what's a feral cat? It's like one that was in the wild. Completely. Yeah, yeah, one that was on the street. So, like, my sister adopted a feral cat, and she hisses at anything that's not my sister or her husband. Yeah, if you go to RSPCA website, for example, Aaron, and check the adopt page, it'll tell you the specific requirements of each one yeah, based yeah. on their past or whatever, or based yeah, on the yeah. current situation. Like, some may, you may not be able to get certain insurance from due to some health conditions. Yeah. So, there's a lot of things you do have to look out for, but honestly, I think the, the happiness you get from the animals. It's uh, yeah. outweighs the outweighs those expenses. How much does it cost to like adopt a pet? Depends on the breed. So it's actually like different breeds are more expensive. Yeah, yeah. So you can get purebred cats. Yeah, Noodles are domestic short hair, I think, which is a pretty common cat. If you were to draw a cat, you'd probably be drawing Noodle. But so there's obviously the British short hair, which is like if you a grey cat with like blue eyes and it's got kind of a round face. Yeah, yeah. So British shorthair is quite a common one in this country. And then you've got like Siamese cats and like Burmese cats and Bengal cats. And they're all mm-hmm. different like patterns and breeds and stuff. 
there's a there's a lot of cat breeds out there. It's just that people don't really care that much sometimes because it's not like they vary in a little bit of size and they vary in a little bit of behavior. Like apparently black cats are actually some of the friendliest, which is I think quite interesting. But like with dogs, like a, a breed is a completely different cat. A dog, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to guess, I'd say are dogs more expensive? Yes. So like I think Louis has a purebred Labrador and she cost several hundred pounds possibly. And I think they got a discount on her because they knew the person that was breeding them. And she has like a family tree certificate that goes back like six or six or five six or five generations, I think, where each dog on the tree will then have a number next to its name or something which will tell it how many parents it can go back to certified, if that makes sense. Right. And it obviously stops with one of the parents that didn't, they don't know where the, the thing is. So like Tess is, I think it's like sick breed or something like that. So she's pretty like purebred. Mm. I sent you both a video on Facebook of one I met a few years ago when going on a walk. So I had the day off on my birthday and I was just going on a walk and I found it and I just called it over. He or she came running over and... Just played with me for like five, ten minutes, and then I had to go, obviously, because you know, time constraints. But I sent the video on Messenger whenever it uploads. Um, this is the exact breed that you're talking about. But like, if you manage to run into a nice domesticated cat, mm. then you can get some good interaction out of it and a lot of playtime. Did you try and pet the belly? Yeah, no, no. She, the, I mean, it may not be in the video, but I've definitely, for that one, yeah. It, I thought it was like, you know, like I was going to get scratched for it. So I waited before I did it, like quite a bit. You could probably hear the purring in the video as well. Then I did it. And he or she was completely. So that's pregnant. that's interesting, right? So Noodle is a bit of a weird cat in the sense that she doesn't purr when she's paired. So she she'll obviously happily take pets and she loves a good pet. But she only purrs. So like I'd be lying in my bed and in like the darkness, and she'll jump onto your chest and stand on your chest and then start purring. And like that's when you pet her, and that's when she'll purr. But if you if she was just to walk in onto the floor, I'd pet her, she wouldn't purr. Right. It's a bit of a weird cat. <laughs> Maybe it's a very silent purr. Yeah. So if if I saw a dog or a cat on the street, yeah, and mm. it didn't have a name like a collar, that is yeah. a, it could be microchip. You just don't know. Yeah, it could be microchip. Let's let's say for argument's sake, it's not microchip. Right. I just somehow know it's not. Yeah. I could take that cat home, yeah, or dog, and just go about my normal life. Yeah, just ask, ask locals what if they've seen the pet about or the sorry the animal about before. Because they could be um, keeping it like they may not have like adopted it, but they could be like feeding it too. So let's say I didn't have Noodle and this this black cat one day just showed up. So we were living in our house in Kenilworth, right? And this this cat without collar started appearing in our back garden. Like yeah. if it kept on coming back to the, the, the back garden, right? Then it obviously, if it is a feral cat, it doesn't have a collar and it just never has a collar. Because obviously Noodle's lost her collar before, but you see it'd have to be a few times. But like, I would say if you started to put like food out for them and they kept on coming back, then maybe. But it's one of those ones where you'd have to take her to the vet and you'd have to check that she isn't microchipped because mm. noodles chip. So like if if she got out and she didn't have a collar on, then if someone found her and took her to the vet, then they'll know immediately who to call. And what was this microchip stuff? What's, what's all that? It's a very tiny like chip. It causes irritation, I think, one or two days. But that's it. And it basically, it's like, it's not like a tracker. It's just a little thing containing some information, like owner name, cat breed. I think it just contains an ID number that goes to a database. Oh, yeah, all that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then 
they check it and then that's how they know who it belongs to ideally if you yeah. don't do that though you may be uh, a bit of an issue because you can i would say that i i'm not a lawyer here and i'm i'm sure that this isn't legally binding but i would say if you've not got your pet microchipped then there is no way of like obviously there are probably ways of proving that the pet is yours but i would say that there's no actual way of proving it because obviously like it could just be a dog that looks exactly the same like if that makes sense yeah. So I think it'd be quite difficult. So like if you obviously were to take a cat home and then like after like three weeks, lost posters go up of the cat that you've taken home. Like obviously you have a moral reason to like, oh, sorry, I thought this cat was feral and I kind of adopted her. But I don't think legally you have to. So do you, do you not get a thing like, you know, in TV shows and films, they're like, they know it's their, their pet. Yeah. Do you not think that like that's realistic? That's the thing, right? I would like to say that I would be able to pick Noodle out of a crowd of yeah. black cats. But I don't know. If I've not seen her in like a few weeks or like a year or something, because cats have gone missing for years apparently and come back. Because like yeah. they are pretty good at surviving in the wild on their own. Mm. They can, well, I might be not years. It, dep- like it depends if they're a house cat or not. Like if they're purely a house cat, then. Yeah, well, Noodle does go outside, so she's yeah. fine. But yeah, so like. I would like to think I could because I know that she has like four white hairs on her chest in a bit of a weird pattern, like just four white hairs just randomly. So I could probably figure that out. But if if another cat had four white hairs roughly in that same thing, who knows? Yeah. I like the name Noodles or who knows what I think. <laughs> Hamish, do you, do you know the names of like, because you, you plan on getting pets yeah, at some yeah, point. So I plan on getting, ideally I'd want, okay, so I was going to say minimum, at least early stage, I want two ginger tabbies. One male, one female. Ideally, not a sibling, because I'd want them to have their own family. Um, if no. They wanted. Why? Why would you want to have to deal with kittens? What's your problem, fam? That's not. That's, that's not your problem, fam. That's my so problem. So much stress. <laughs> Dealing with one yeah. kitten was a lot of stress, Hamish. You do not want to have to deal with a family of cats. They, they would be named. They'll be named Mister and Mrs. Garfield, or Mister and Miss Garfield. Garfield. So, yeah. Okay. Just because they look, they look like Garfield, ideally, and maybe you're gonna maybe make them fat as well in Garfield. I don't, I don't know about that. It depends on how they are with the eating. It that's that's kind of on them a bit as well. Try not to make your cats get fat. <laughs> At most, I let them have like one litter because I don't want to like take that right away from them. You know, to have children or whatever. But if I ended up walking into a shelter or something and I found these, and there was another cat there, it's highly likely, for example, a black cat would also leave the shelter with me. I, I don't think I would have enough restraint to stop myself from adopting more than two cats if I went in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there needs to be something. They're basically, after I've Just I've don't go them, in. Yeah, so I'll have to tell them, could you bring it to me outside? Because if I come inside, you're going to have more cats coming home with me. That's same with dogs as well. Like, you're just mm. going to end up... Because you, you basically, you look at all of them, they all look nice. And then you're like, oh, fuck. And <laughs> the thing is, if I see a black cat there, I know I, like, I'd have to take it because I don't want it to be killed because it's just a black cat. Do you know the name? What you name name it? The black one. No, I haven't thought that far ahead. I know that I would end up walking out with an extra cat or two, which is why I need ideally buy it from a breeder. Yeah, but if you go to a breeder, there might be like six or seven little kittens running around and you might be like, I'll take all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's also another issue, but we'll deal with that at the time. But the thing is, when they have the kittens, I wouldn't sell them. I would like, I would say if friends wanted to like adopt them free of charge, then they're welcome to, provided that I, you know, I do trust them. But aren't you separating it from its family? After no, after eight or 12 weeks, I think it is when the cat... Ca- or the kitten can be independent. I don't think cats really have a concept of like family. Okay. 
Like they probably do, but like you have to remember these are these were wild animals at one point. Like granted, lions have like a pride and stuff, but like tigers go off on their own. Like quite a lot of like sort of big cats just sort of like are independent. Mm-hmm. But it is recommended if you do get kittens to get two because yeah, you want them to have a play body. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously we didn't have really the choice because there wasn't two cats found in the dumpster. There's only one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That that's also the reason because I'd want them to also have play buddies and that's why they'd also be ideally playing with the puppies they get at the same time or whatever but yeah well yeah I always think that it would be better to get cats first then you can and get puppies after dogs. Yeah. yeah yeah but I, what I wanted to do if possible is get a parrot first then cats then dogs parrot? I mean <laughs> Wait, like a Hamish's house is gonna be some like, why are you on a parrot? Zoo, bro? no I want basically as I said two um, parrots so parrots are very the, the specific type I want They you shouldn't have them as a first bird pet because they're very hard to like they're like huskies you can't actually they're not a very good first pet you need to have experience with dealing with yeah. such animals and they're basically the more cool breed of parrots and in the uk they're extremely expensive and basically you're looking at minimum 1k per parrot unless you can find a breeding pair that can you think so i'd want one scarlet macaw and, and then i want a blue green macaw or blue and gold whatever it is that's ideally what i'd want are they the ones that talk they can talk yes oh, okay but the issue with obtaining, there's a lot of hurdles. So I've done, as I said, I've done a lot of research because I've almost bought them a few times in the past few years. But basically, the issue is that you'd have to get them. You'd ideally want them to be hand mowed so because you're not going to get a super, super like very baby parrot. It's not, it's not easily possible. You need mm. to find one that's ideally hand mowed by the owner, you know, the breeding owner. So yeah. hand mowed means that they can actually sit on your hand without like clawing into you. Like they're trained to know how to sit on your hand and shoulder, for example. Otherwise, that you have to give a the stick and it, and they need a big like kind of like cage or enclosure. Yeah. So what I plan to do is when I ideally move into a big house or something, I'd hopefully the garden's big, like you know, like Aaron's garden. It would be like a massive kind of like cage. Oh, garden's not even big, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the point. Um, so like it'll be like I've seen it before. Yeah, people have like people who've adopted multiple cats from like cat shelters, and they have basically a caged off garden, and they have like birds in there and the cats in there, and they're all like this. And obviously, I'd have dogs as well. So they can go outside free of like becoming a bully or being bullied by other animals outside. And they could have the fun. They could come into the house when they want and they can, you know, have their own garden. I think I've seen a set like this. There was a, there was a house near us when I was growing up that had a massive like mesh outcrop that sort of stemmed out of their conservatory door. And we'd occasionally hear bird sounds and it probably sounds like they may have had some parrots then. I don't know if it was parrots. The reason I say parrots is because the parrot one, you have to have like a jungle-like enclosure for them, or ideally rainforest right. one, because those that breed, the specific breed I would want, which I can't have as a first-time pet owner, which I acknowledge, so I wouldn't get them as a first-time pet owner. Their needs are like way too high, so you'd have to like train with a, a very basic bird, like, you know, a normal like a budgie or something. Do you not think it's cruel to have animals that don't belong in this country, in this country? Well, if they're already in this country, like they're being bred in this country, then they've been bred in captivity anyways. So I'm giving yeah. them a bit more freedom than what they had before. Right. To the best of my ability. And hopefully they live a better life. Because parrots live for like 25 years. Yeah, that's that's a long time to have a parrot caged in a house. Yeah, but I wouldn't want it in a small cage, innit? So I'd want it like in Yeah, a... but it's still a cage though, isn't it? Someone recently started having this debate with me. I was like, look, I'm not trying to cage it in a small cage. I understand the yeah, concept. Yeah, yeah, I know. It I belongs know in a it belongs in a rainforest. Yeah, for, yeah. To start with mostly. Yeah, most of them belong in rainforests, but they're here somehow. So, so let's hypothetically say then. So you get mm. this. The you get these birds. Okay, 
And then they're, they're in, so you have them for like 10 years, right? And then some, let's say, the, the impossible happens and the Green Party get elected. And they decide to <laughs> throw a clamp down on exotic animals in this country. And they say, right, all, all sort of these like birds and all that lot need to get shipped back. But mines came from the UK. No, but at least, I mean, like to where they belong. So, like, because obviously, like the climate here isn't suiting the, the the foliage isn't suiting. Obviously, they won't get released into the wild, but they'll be given to like a zoo in Brazil or wherever these birds come from. Are you gonna like fight tooth and nail to keep your birds? Yes, yes, I fucking will. <laughs> I, I didn't make. They'll ideally be loyal to me as well, innit? They'll be loyal to you. They, and also, how loyal do you think a no, bird these can be? These particular bull parrots, they don't actually like changing owners. They don't like changing owners. Interesting. They become very attached. It's like they can only have like, for example, like one partner and they can only, they wouldn't be able to accept like really a changing owner. So like. Uh, okay. So. So like you, essentially they would be actually causing the parrot more grief by putting into a smaller cage or whatever else. I don't think the green party care about that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I will fight tooth and nail for my pet. Okay. Fair you enough. Cannot, that's fine. Hey, yeah. we're just going to teach the parrot how to say no in Russian. <laughs> so when the Green Party asks. Like, yeah, but then they're going to say it's a Russian spy, isn't it? And then I have to deal Russian, with the yeah. fucking It'll bureaucracy be that comes with that. So second hypothetical question, right? <laughs> Why a parrot, right? Why not like a crow or a raven? Oh, there's, there's good reason for this. I, I love explaining this. It's been a while since I've The first reason is, yeah. So I can tell it to tell my parents to shut up on demand. Second okay. one, I can teach it fuck off. So if Aaron comes around, I'm like, Tell them to fuck off. I mean, like, fuck off. <laughs> so I thought parrots don't actually understand what they're saying. I think they don't. They just do it as like mocker. Yeah. Well, no, no. There's other stuff like I would teach them like, so there's these things called bhajans. So like they're basically Hindu like prayer kind of thing, but they're like a nice kind of like prayer song kind of thing. I teach yeah. them that. So obviously my mom's fine because they'll be randomly singing it about. So she would be very happy with that, you know. Are you going to annoy you? I swear you're just going to be like, they, shut up, man. Can they construct sentences? Is that a thing? I thought they just said like one no, word. No, but like they, they can hum it and you know, like they can sing it. Like when birds sing, they're not exactly like saying words anyways, usually. But the parrots yeah. can try to replicate some words anyways. I'm going to yeah. try to teach them specific words. Maybe call by name, you know, like say, Hamish, if you, if you need to speak to me for whatever reason or some basic stuff. And then hopefully then in the future, the cats interact with it well, the, the dogs interact with the cats and the parrots well. No, Hopefully it all works out. That's never gonna work. Hey Marcus, yeah, none of this negativity, family. It's, <laughs> it's been a good Saturday. Day. If you want an animal to interact with other animals, get like a monkey or a or a gorilla. Now monkeys and, and cats it, don't go well. Train it like sign language. I don't know. They've they gave a gorilla a pet kitten, and that gorilla cared for that pet kitten until it died. That's one of those one-off things. But I've seen it basically <laughs> in the temporary in the like time I've been to like visit family in India. Basically, when the monkey came here, like when it rotates through and comes through, all the animals run, the dogs, the cats and everything, because this the monkeys would base every time in the, the generations of that monkey, it would just basically attack those animals, would like kill them. So like when I, I remember when I had managed to adopt a little kitten there, you know, in a similar way, no paperwork, no nothing, no vet, yeah. no nothing. Basically, the cat here was like all hair up, the tail had fattened up and everything. The cat was like, nah, my granddad at the time. He basically said, go inside the house and watch from the inside the barred window because the monkey will probably attack if he sees oh. it. And then the, ki- the kitten's just watching through the frame. The monkey's... I see the monkey making contact with that fucking kitten as well. Yeah. Eye contact with the kitten. Like, hey, you pagan, yeah. Look here, you may be stronger than me right now, yeah. And you may be as big as me, yeah. Bear in mind, the monkey is fucking massive, yeah. I don't know what breed a monkey is, but this monkey is fucking massive. And I'll be like, fam, I'll beef you, fam. I don't give a fuck. Don't touch my new kitten. Is it like how big... Yeah, like how big was the monkey? Was it like one that could sit on your shoulder or was it like 
Like you could probably sit on it's your like sword, like. I don't oh, know. It, did it have it, a tail? Yeah, it had a tail. Okay, there's a monkey then. It was like at the time, if it stood up, it could probably be like over a meter something tall. Damn, and that's a this big is over a big meter. fucking. Bro, yeah, I'm actually you know this monkey, Aaron. I because the last time I remember going there was when I was quite young, yeah. And I'm telling you, this monkey was as fucking big as me, and I was like a quite a tall child at the time, especially. So like, this monkey was fucking big. I'm telling you, that, I can't tell if this is more or less believable than my wedding story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought there was some like kind of the ape shit going on over there. No, no, no. It's, it's, it wasn't those kind of monkey. There was like it was like a grey yeah. head monkey. I don't know how to describe it because I don't know where it was. Grey head monkey. I, as I said, like, I'll, one day I'll try bother finding the breed, but I don't care enough. But yeah, I know that you basically, like, it would attack the kitten if it had the chance. Because I had recently then, because the previous cat was killed by some pagan there, and then my granddad had actually gone beating down the guy. So, big up my granddad. <laughs> so, because th- that kitten was super safe. You're like, basically, you could pick up that cat on demand and she'll play with you as long as you're a friend of the family. Yeah. Or part of the family. And then this, so I had, to, I ended up getting a kitten the next time I went. Yeah. So I got a little kitten, almost looked exactly the same as the cat during that period. Cause I left obviously at my granddad's house. It would only come running to me at the end of it, but I had to go off for like two weeks. So it was a sad time. And then when I came back, the kitten didn't really recognize me. So it was a bit peak. But yeah, that heartbreak. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Absolute heartbreak. But I remember giving the kitten a box. The kitten was happy. The kitten would come to me for food. <laughs> it was big dubs, you know. So speaking of exotic animals, so like you've got those, you you get your two <laughs> parrots right. Where where is the line drawn with you when it comes to animals and adopting them? What like, do you mean? W- would you get a monkey in this country? No, 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 no. So no, no monkey. But like, what about like a lizard? No, 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 no reptiles. No reptiles. Oh, okay, interesting. So it's it's got to be it's got to be either a bird or a. Would or you a get like mammal. a hamster? No, hamsters also very short. Do you see Baxendale? No, I was going to tell you this. Year. What the fuck is wrong with Baxendale? Wait, what's happened? To, what's happened with Baxo? Check his Facebook I, page. This... I deleted my Facebook. Oh man. shit! I I watched that episode. Of, I watched that sickle. mini series on Netflix about social media, and it made me terrified. Oh, okay. I deleted yeah. all my this social media. Sickle. He's adopted like well. He had two hamsters. One of them's dead now. Right. R.I.P. Whatever the hamster was called. <laughs> so you know the hamsters I could get with because he had the hamsters in Tunisia. I've seen the hamsters in in their cages. You know, running around. Yeah. They basically do jack shit. They're just there. Yeah. yeah. Since then, he's. I didn't know when this happened. My man adopted like four rats or four mice, or whatever. What? And I'm like, yeah. I'm basically the difference between rats and mice. No, 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 this, this is this is a, they look quite big. They look quite big. They're caged. Oh, they're caged, yeah. But this yeah. is this is where the issue came in, yeah. So first of all, they're disgusting, anyways. They're creatures. I don't think you should have as pets. Se- second of all, that one had broken out and dug into the sofa and was like found in the sofa. He put a picture on Facebook as if this is a normal activity. I'm like, fam, your mouse escaped your cage and went into your sofa acting like a fucking mouse here. What were you expecting? And he's like, no, man, they're super cute. I'm like, Baxo, bro, what's happened to you since I left you, fam? <laughs> like, this is, this is it right. And I know Aaron would be triggered looking at these because Aaron used to live with mice. <laughs> I, I hear that hamsters, people think are a really good pet, but they're not because they're actually nocturnal. So the time that you're awake, they'll literally be asleep. And then when they go to bed at night, when you go to bed at night, you'll just start hearing them like running on their wheel. So like obviously these videos of like hamsters being active during the day is kind of like artificial a little bit. So I've seen sometimes that when I've been to Baxos house, I've seen like sometimes the Baxos are, I mean, the, where is it? The Baxos, they have no difference between a rat and Baxos, as you can see. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so like the hamster, the hamster is awake here and it's just going to eat or just going to shit or something. Like it lives in such a small like environment that it doesn't matter, yeah. but they live for such a short amount of time that what's the point? And if you get attached too easily, like a hamster is not a good pet for you as well. What about okay? So we'll go we'll go slightly higher, right? What about rabbit? 
No, I wouldn't want to be a rabbit. Why not? I feel like also like the cats would have too much fun with it. Like, like uh, maybe that's, that's be pretty big. Too much fun. Like he's no, as in like because cats like to have like hunting things. So I'm already taking away the primal thing to hunt the parrots or the they really like hunting birds naturally. Like, yeah, but not not like Noodle sits at the window and chirps at birds. Yeah, so I don't I don't like want to like ones. take the piss here with like you know like how much they can and can't do because I still want them to play like chase games and everything you know. Yeah, you know, not chase that. You know, when you wave like a fishing rod around, whatever it is. Yeah, with a feather, or whatever. Like I still would want to do that kind of stuff. What yeah, about but, fish? Or, would you have fish? Po- possibly, yeah, but it would have to be a fish that doesn't look like a complete fucking alien because I'm not a big fan of fish. Well, like, like a fish, fish tank, then. like yeah, lost fish. Oh, like that kind of thing. But how would the cleaning? I heard that cleaning fish tanks isn't that simple. Yeah, you can get you can, buy, you can get like you can get little. Not little fish, but like little like crustaceans that clean the tank for you. But yeah. the thing is, yeah, then I need to make sure the cats have like no way of. Yeah, fucking up yeah. the fish tank because they will. But to be fair, like if I got a fish tank, it would be purely to feed the cats, like for themselves. So that's kind of cruel in a way as well. Like, so there's no point in me doing that. What if, yeah, Hamish, Uh-oh. your kid, your your like one of your kids, yeah, was mm-hmm. allergic to cats. Bye, 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 kid. What? Bye bye kid. <laughs> okay, so this is this is how, this how is, does how does someone get allergic to like yeah, cats? This is but that's the thing, right? right? People can be allergic. Yeah. yeah, they can be, but how? Yeah, that's yeah. my, my if, question. If you're exposed to a cat from an early age, will you ever become allergic? It's like the people who have not allergies, they weren't exposed to nuts from a super early age well, or something. Yeah, that's right. a more of an interesting one, isn't it? It's like there are different types of nut allergies, but it's like that's what I mean, right? I think food allergies behave differently to pet allergies. Okay. I think I could be waffling right now as well. So yeah, this is no medical advice. So don't, don't you, listen to us. Did you ever meet <laughs> Russ Hatton? No. Uh, yeah. So he had a severe allergy to cashew nuts, but he had the allergy where every attack he had, it got worse the next time. So it was it was I can't remember. There's a specific name for it, but it meant that it, it, he just can't have them. Yeah, but more or less. But like <laughs> the idea is that it got worse every time he had them. Um, obviously, he always carried an epipen with and all that lot. But there's obviously different ones because I have a different friend called Lewis who was allergic to just nuts in general. And he's obviously, that's developed over time and now he's not as allergic to nuts as he used to be, which mm. is interesting because it's again of, is it just the fact that like if you microdose nuts into your body, do you get accustomed to them? So basically one of the things is, yeah, like, so there's like these jokes that go around is that if you're an Indian person and if you have a nut allergy, you either die or you become used to it. Yeah, like by age four, like because Almost all the foods have not traces and mm. so on. So, like, basically, it's very hard to be like an Indian person, like, with even slightly traditional parents and grow up with, with a nut allergy. Yeah. Um, I know very few people who have a nut allergy as Indian for whatever reason. But it's not even all nuts. But yeah, I know one person, another friend, yeah, like, I'm one of the people that they trusted to be the EpiPen person in case, because a lot of people would bring in Indian snacks around them, obviously, as like, you know, like gift or like fun days or whatever, like when it's a special day. And obviously, he can't have any of them. Mm. Because he's allergic to even the slightest hint. Or if he can smell like a nut, you'll see like a rash start appearing on his face or something. So like, the thing is with the EpiPen people, yeah, I'm fine to do the EpiPen thing, but that's such a big responsibility. Yeah, because I know, yeah, I've never done this before, by the way. Can I say I'm trusted as the person to do it because I'll do it. Yeah, but like, I'm like, oh shit, like if I... What's the procedure then, Hamish? What, what happens if I'm having an attack next to you? <laughs> they get the pens and just basically open it, stab it into the thigh. That's basically yeah. what I've been told okay. to do. Yeah, yeah, that is that is correct. Yeah, and basically the thing is, I've never had to do it, luckily. But the thing is, even when I do it, like, what, what happens if I do it wrong? Am I responsible for my it's, friend dying? <laughs> it's very unlikely that you'll do it wrong. I mean, like, but yeah, 
Yeah, that's like a big responsibility. You know, people yeah. need to understand when they're assigning this responsibility to people. I'm like, you know, I understand you gave it to me because I'll do it. I still there's, have no always, there's always a possibility that the EpiPen doesn't work as well, I think. Yeah, I don't want to think about that at the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That so happens, obviously you call, <laughs> you call an ambulance. Yeah, they'll be on their way, ideally, hopefully. Hopefully yeah, there's yeah, a first yeah. aider as well somewhere but the, the whole point is, is an EpiPen, I think, is meant to delay it. I don't, again, I'm not 100% certain on it. My mum would probably know because she's a pharmacist and she mm. probably studied this, but I'm not 100% certain whether or not an EpiPen actually just delays the attack or just milds it out until an ambulance is meant to arrive. Yeah, until they can do whatever work they yeah, need to do. Yeah, because I would assume that just injecting adrenaline or something into a person isn't going to, might help the nut allergy because I'm assuming it helps clear it out the system but I'm assuming mm. if it's severe enough then they're going to be they're going to yeah. need actual medical attention yeah so I'm hoping the pet allergy thing I don't know how we got there as well. <laughs> I don't know how the pet allergy starts mm. but I'm hoping since they'll be exposed to it, maybe since birth or just after birth that yeah. they'll be fine with it because I need to make sure you know the animals are fine with kids and they don't have the issue with the tension because they obviously have their friends as well they'll have like their animal friends yeah, there is, there is a thing about not letting dogs near babies because of diseases that can get transferred across. And I think like huskies are like certain, like basically depending on the kind of like pet you have or the breed, the attentiveness of them or mm. like, for example, Makul parrots may not be good if not trained well. Same with huskies, for example, because you know they're very like attentive dogs. But yeah. We're just rambling like this is some. <laughs> we've just been rambling this entire fucking episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know if we've started the actual podcast yet. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm getting from you, Hamish, is that if your kid did have an allergy, it's, it's got to go blood. The kid's got to uh, go. The kid can have an EpiPen dose every fucking day if he needs. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, gaming and PC hardware. When I when I mentioned Valorant to Hamish, he was like, "What?" <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. I know what it is now. Yeah. I was I just put it on because of the fact that like PC building is quite a big, like interesting thing now, especially with AMD versus Intel. What is then say say like somebody and like a doesn't really have a clue what they're doing wants to build a PC? That's me. Linus Tech Tips. Yeah, yeah. That channel. (laughs) That channel is the best channel for that. There's obviously other YouTube channels which aren't as big, but Linus is probably like I'd say he's not very biased, so it's pretty okay. good. But right now, it's hard to tell. Well, if you can get anything right now, you're pretty lucky because of the silicon shortage. But yeah, so I actually have AMD 5000. I actually had to RMA that. I'm, I'm currently using an AMD 5800X, and Ooh. I'm using a NVIDIA 3070 Asus Strix OC. You've actually got quite a nice setup. I'm on a CPU that's five years old and a graphics card that's five years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this stock shortage is insane, and mm. the crypto miners are obviously having having their fun with it. And then there's obviously the resellers. Yeah, the have you not seen that? Like, is it Nvidia have actually gonna like start preventing it with a new? They released a patch, but someone yeah. already broke worked around yeah, it, yeah. and it doesn't work. It only that's only for the main coin, I think mm. Ethereum or something. But obviously, people are always gonna find workarounds, and people yeah, are just yeah. drag it, trying to drag the price up like insane amounts. So it's, it's quite interesting too. I'm always watching like on my feed and my. So when I wake up here, you know when you get the Google News alert? Yeah. And it tells you this place had released an article on this thing, this thing. I, I usually have a skim through it because sometimes it's interesting. I've got stock alerts. I did have money in Bitcoin at one point. Did you make I, a profit? I had to sell it. Well, no, I actually didn't. I ended up being even, but I had to sell because I needed to pay for my car repairs. <laughs> I'd, it would only be worth about 1500 now. So I, I would have, it would have like 
tripled, I think tripled. Um, but yeah. Oh, so that's still quite nice. Look yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not my brother. My brother made some mad money with GME. He got oh, really? on. He got in. Yeah, he got in on like twenty dollars and sold at three twenty. Oh, nice. Yeah, he but he's buying a car of it. Oh. <laughs> like oh. it's madness. Oh man, I you hear about all these stories. I'm always mm. like, oh, why couldn't I just heard about it or like take some action back then? But well, we. We talked, I think, I don't know if we were talking about it in the common room of DCS and Hamish was there, but we were, we were talking about the fact that like Bitcoin was at 5,000 and we were like, oh yeah, we should all just put like a hundred in and then. Yeah. I would refuse to be part of this at the time. Yeah. And, I like, yeah and if we had put a hundred in then it would be worth a thousand now. But obviously that's like, it's a reasonably large amount of money, but you would have to put in a large quantity of money to get a stupid amount of money out now. Like it hasn't yeah. like gone up like a yeah. ridiculous amount. Are you going to ever upgrade your PC hardware soon? If you can, like, attain anything? Yeah, yeah. So I was going to, I was actually, I actually pre-ordered the new AMD Ryzen one. I had everything ordered and then I cancelled it because I'm not, I'm not going to be able to take it to America. So I didn't know when I was going. And now I roughly know that I'm probably going to be going in, like, June, assuming I can get a visa of interview. Yeah, my CPU RMA is long in the back here. It's looking like it's going to be post-April that the CPU arrives. Uh, no, I was pretty close. I pre-ordered it the day it came out. I put, I put an order in then. So I, I had it planned and it was going to... I was about 200, 200th in queue and they were going down by about 50 each week. So there's a good chance I was probably going to get one in about three or four weeks after I ordered it. Is this yeah. all stuff for like gaming? Specifically? Yeah. No, you could, you know, it's also really good for production, Aaron. So the one I had initially was even better for production. But it had a faulty core in it, so I sent it back. When you say production, you know, editing, rendering, right? Because okay. for that, you just need CPU and RAM, ideally, at least audio-wise. Mm. So we'll be pretty yeah. good. Which is why my rendering speed right now for the podcast is amazing, and I, <laughs> I'm absolutely loving it. The only issue would be, I guess, with my cracked version of Adobe Edition. Do you want to admit that on podcast? <laughs> He's going to sue me. <laughs> Adobe, oh, Adobe will sue you. That's the point, right? I want Adobe to sponsor us. That's a different story. <laughs> they just give you a free. Well, I'll go back. I'll go back and edit this out all myself. But yeah, like generally, like having a good CPU and good RAM means that you can do so much things at speed. You don't need an amazing graphics card, at least in what we do, Aaron. And then if you have a good graphics card, that just enables you to game or do some like high-end machine learning. Oh, you need video rendering. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing Blender and stuff like that, where you're actually mm. doing like scene rendering. Yeah, but until Third Wheel has video, that won't be an issue. I mean, it won't be an issue for me regardless now, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, awesome. Should we start to round up? So we usually close off by doing final questions, call-outs, and then shout-outs. So this is the same for every episode. We have two like custom questions for you that you got to pick from, and then the third one's always the same question. So we'll start with the first one. What is your go-to Tesco meal deal? So yeah, so this is this is a good question because obviously going there's a Tesco very close to DCS on yeah. campus and lunch times were always very tempting. If we didn't want to go pit stop, we didn't want to go library cafe, Tesco was always there and I'd always end up getting a ham and mustard sandwich with a packet of Monster Munch and it would always be a Pepsi Max. That would that would be the go to for me. The ha- ham and mustard. Ham and mustard, yeah. I don't eat was, that, so it you was, can't it, tell me. Why does Aaron look this? I don't know if he looks disgusted or shocked. I, I feel like help. ham and mustard is just like, you know, it's just a basic one. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah, it was a ba- well, it was a three pound meal deal, right? I, I was I was unaware that I was allowed to splash out on this question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I was- but a three pound meal deal, you can like, Aaron maximize much money. Yeah, 
Aaron Tim like, Armstrong. Game. Oh, if if you if you want to maximize your money, you've got to go Boots Meal deal. How much does Boots Meal do? So the Boots Meal deal, I think, it was three fifty. It's probably four now because of inflation and COVID. But you could the 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 sandwiches they had were like proper, really good sandwiches. Like they had like mixed match ones as well, and like sometimes they had like really chunky boys. But like <laughs> instead of like just a soft drink, you could get like an innocent smoothie and like ones you like, that. Do and, that like that. You could do that. You could do that. Yeah, but they, they gave you, a, I think, a packet of crisps and also a snack. So I think there was four things. Like, oh, the, Boots, the Boots meal deal was actually... I only found this out towards the end because Richard, one of my friends, told me about it. But, like, once I discovered that, I, that's where I went every day for lunch after that. Oh, because there was a Boots in Cannon Park as well. There was a Boots, yeah. It was sort of in the corner tucked away. But they had the best meal deal. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Aaron's like got it right now that he didn't hustle the system as much as that. No, no, because I still, I still made sure like I got like a triple sandwich, which meant I got like an extra sandwich. Yeah, yeah. And then a smoothie, which was like two seventy. So like I'm basically in profit already. I like the Monster well, Munch choice you, though already. I don't think you're in profit for yeah, giving yeah, yeah, money yeah, to yeah, Tesco. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep at night. What what flavor Monster Munch was there a particular flavor? Pickled onion. Pickled onion. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the standard fare, right? Oh, well, yeah. the roast beef is pretty standard as Ooh, well. Oh, roast think, beef. But... Ooh, I haven't had You know what? I recently discovered the uh, Pringle Smoky, the Hector Smoky Barbecue or something. You just discovered that. It's, it's vegan. No, the as thing well. is, I wouldn't eat it because I wasn't sure. Even though it was like veggie, there was something that was always off putting about. My brother brought it in and it smelled like Smoky Barbecue, literally like the Smoky Barbecue dip. I was like, no way. I had one. And I was like, that's nice. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> they're vegan. So like when I did veganuary, they were like, they were godsend. Like there's a, there's a few like really unhealthy things that you can have it like that is vegan. Um, that's absolutely amazing. Mad. But anyway, yeah. moving on. Question number two, what is one thing you would change in the world? So this one's an interesting one. So because obviously I'm moving to America, I have a lot of strong opinions about American politics growing. Yeah. And, and one of them is just their entire politics system. So the one thing I would like to change in the world is just America in general. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just do the broad topic of America, particularly their politics and how it seems to be intertwined with religion and just like guns and stuff like that. Like they, they're just absolute fanatics over there. And it actually scares me a little bit, but that's what I would like to change in the world. I think the world might be... S- might be a better place. It might be a worse place. Who knows? To be honest, but I think I think they definitely need to sort something out. No, I don't mean this in a racist way, but aren't you a little bit safer because I, you you say you say you don't know you're racist, but like I often joke about the fact that I will be fine because I'm a well-off white boy. <laughs> yeah, um, I was to say. Like if I don't say anything, they'll probably think I'm American because until I speak, they're not going to realize. I could probably yeah. put on a fake American accent. Howdy. No, that's really bad. <laughs> no, we'll get our American advisor on to verify this. You should, you should listen to um, an episode we did a couple couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, when this comes out, with Tux, who's from, lives in New York. Right. And he, he, he talks about like some American politics and stuff like that. I've only recently started properly getting into American politics, which is why I've started developing some very strong opinions on it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, cool, cool stuff. Third and final question is, what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience, if any? So this could be whether you've been third wheeled, fifth wheeled, seventh wheeled, or you've been third wheeling, fifth wheeling, Oh, seventh actually wheeling. third wheeling in real life rather than... Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. What did you think it meant? The podcast? So I, <laughs> I meant this talking about you two. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so this was kind of a running thing, but 
in college, there was uh, a group of us called me, Tom, and Gina. And we all went Blackpool Pleasure Beach at one point, which is a theme park up in Blackpool. It's like sort of one of those seaside ones. It's kind of like, at one point, it had like the UK's longest roller coaster or something dumb, but not anymore. <laughs> but this was a while ago. And I, I found out like a long time afterwards that Tom initially invited Gina to go to like to Blackpool Pleasure Beach as a semi date thing. And then like Gina just offhand invited me as a friend. <laughs> And didn't realize it was a date. And then she found out like closer to the time after she then told Tom that she invited like me and she had actually invited a few other people as well, but they said no because like they were busy, but I wasn't busy. So I was like, sure, I'll go. So then I found out and obviously they didn't tell me. So I was just ended up kind of third wheeling their fun day out. So it wait, did they sit next to each other on the roller coaster, for example? Yeah, yeah, because okay, obviously yeah. three's a really awkward number to go on roller coasters <laughs> no, with, right? I thought that would have been that you that you sat next to her as well just to take the Nah 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 nah. But yeah, I genuinely <laughs> didn't clock onto it. But yeah. Shout out to Tom. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Tom for having to pull up with me. Me and Tom like are, like were best friends as well. So like I think he didn't mind me coming along, but I think it was a bit more annoying that he kind of thought it was a bit of a date. Yeah, cool, awesome. Next bit next bit's like a little call out, so as you mentioned earlier, just like if there's anyone, anyone or any people that you would like to nominate to come on a podcast in the future. So I think because we've mentioned him a few times, if you want to try and get Big AC on, I think he'd be a really good guest because he might, he, he's clearly like a bit of an adult though, so it might be difficult. <laughs> Little AC a, and Big AC on the yeah. same thing. <laughs> but if ah. you genuinely want to try and get some more computer scientists on, I'd say Elvis would probably want to give this a good go. Okay, yeah. Because he might, he might have some interesting views about some things possibly so adam chester and elvis <laughs> sure <laughs> if you want to try and get adam chip because he, he he might be quite interesting to get a, an opinion on the world from <laughs> i could imagine it would be i think he recently just became a father oh much so congratulations yeah, to him so, if he's listening yeah i remember so, when adam chester was actually is actually minted because he like, is minted yes yeah because yeah, he made some serious peas in the in his come up Mm. And he owns like a load of property as well, so like he can basically retire at like the age of thirty-seven or whatever he's, he is. He could he could just retire. He actually does. He just does head of postgraduate studies as a fun job. That's his fun job. That's mad. That's mad. And I, that's that's probably why he's like so chill and he's so like amazing at it because of the fact that like he just wants to do that. It's not like a a career step for him if that makes sense. He just wants to do it. Most viewed episode. Everyone, everyone in the Warwick Computer Science Department will watch it. <laughs> oh my! Could you imagine the legal stuff that's not going to coming down on us? That could be the one where it. we go to computer science to record it. Maybe. Oh my! Yeah. Day, like, imagine that. Imagine his episode 100, Aaron, because they're approaching the big 100 and yeah. 102. The final bit is now a shout out. So this is basically where you can like promote shout out anything you want. I will shout out the the TV show The Expanse. Uh, not enough people are watching that show on Amazon Prime, and they should. Mm. It is the best sci-fi opera that probably not has ever existed because Star Trek is a thing, but it's definitely the best one within, I'd say, my lifetime. Um, like, and I've watched like Stargate Atlantis and Stargate SG One and like all all of those, and even the new Star Trek. But like this one really takes the cake, and I really enjoy it. I've I've had it like on my watch list for some time, mm. like some time, but I've never it's, like. It's reaching the point where. It's actually going to finish. I think the next season's the final one. And I think they're talking about possibly doing three movies afterwards. Because it's obviously all the books are written. Oh, the final book coming out at the end of this year, I think. So it's going to be finished. And it's actually going to be good, unlike Game of Thrones. Uh, 
Cinefuse said a TV series. I'm going to say a TV series. Also Amazon Prime. So I'm not like a massive cricket fan or anything, but I watched this like a docuseries on the Australian cricket team called The Test on Amazon Prime. <laughs> and I just got really into cricket for some reason. And it's led, led by my guy, Tim Payne, Australian captain, Justin Langer, the coach. Says mate a lot in it, but shout out to him. But yeah, yeah, I've, I found it really interesting. So yeah, go go check that out if you're interested. Yeah, I'm going to shout out an EP by our friend Loki called Awake. Should have released by the time this is out. Then I'm going to release a shout out a few other songs. Dimension by J5 Skepta, the new Tiny Temper song, Bugsy Malone, Emily Sandia. I don't know how you pronounce her name. Welcome to the Hood. There's Rackstar Chemistry, P Money this year. Yeah, so those are the ones I'll give a shout out. I'll put it on the playlist. And yeah, check out our Twitch if you haven't already. Hopefully it's funny. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it gets views. And if by the time this is released, if the the gaming channel is out by the third wheel, then get, check out that. Subscribe, follow us on Twitch. And yeah, Sunday evenings is the scheduled time to stream, but there may be a few odd streams here and there. On that note, it was a nice episode. It was a nice catch up with you, Marcus, as well. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be on, to be honest. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. So yeah, have a good day, everyone. See you in a bit. Bye. All right, see you guys.